Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Intuitive Catalyst Podcast. I'm Leilani, your host, and today we are joined with, rejoined with, a dear friend of mine, Miss Myra Capri Herring. And for those of you who haven't caught my earlier conversations with Myra, she came onto the show a few episodes ago in season two and also made her first appearance with us in season one. So I highly recommend going back and listening to those conversations, both completely groundbreaking, soul nourishing conversations. Uh, Myra is a wellness coach and founder and CEO of Capri Brand LLC, which is a personal branding company where she coaches women how to live a life of flow that is in alignment with their most true and beautiful self. Our conversation today goes <laughs> to all the places. I, I mentioned it in the first uh, few moments of the show, and I basically say that I was not feeling called to have a podcast conversation when I did record this, and it just turned into this beautifully orchestrated but but not a <laughs> conversation where we just went to all the places and it was completely led by source so I am really excited to share this with you we talk about the root of all things being love that our existence in this human experience that we're navigating is and almost always will be rooted in love although we talk about the role of fear and what it means to live a fragmented life what are the different layers of consciousness that have been channeled to me and and how we can begin to better understand our experience and maybe make different choices about how we show up. So I am so excited to share this beautiful conversation with you. Um, Grab your tea, your tennis shoes, whatever you need for the next hour or so, this beautiful conversation with my good friend, Myra Capri Herring. Hello, my beautiful sister, Myra. Welcome. Hi, you're beautiful as well. I'm just a reflection of you. Mm. So for the listeners, um, Myra, my sweet friend Myra texted me this morning and said that Source asked her to ask me, how are you feeling? Are we, are you good to record today? And my answer was no. I was like, you know, I'm feeling like a little bit of a turtle today. I I need to s- save my energy. I need to keep this for myself. Um, and I just want to see you. And then as soon as I saw your face, like Source had other plans. Like Source was <laughs> like, mm, there was so much wisdom flowing and I just got so much energy. And so this conversation has no like quote unquote purpose, no topic. This yeah. is truly um, two earth angels who source has convened to have a conversation. And I hope that you all, yeah, just, I guess I would just ask to be open, be witness to. Yeah. 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 God said he knew. God knew. Mm-hmm. knew. Yeah. Source always yeah. knows. Always. Yeah. It's so funny because I, um, yeah, what I was I was saying right before we decided to start recording is like what I know about our God, uh, you know, the universe source, what I know about them is that they don't want us to do anything mm-hmm. like doing is not required, especially for those of us who identify as earth angels. It's like 
source truly needs us to be. And even, you know, recording a podcast, writing a book, I've been getting really stuck in my creative process because I'm like, I'm doing it for the collective. I'm doing it for the earth angels. It's like my, my purpose is kind of bound up with the collective. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's natural because Mm -hmm. of who we are. Um, Earth angels are just very much, um, in service to the collective because we're in service to source. Right. And, and there's this reckoning and I know that I've been experiencing it and all of the clients that I support the earth angel clients that I support are experiencing this as well of like a returning home to ourselves. You know, I love that coming back to ourselves and, and like to do even this, like, and I have full body goosebumps, like even doing this Mm -hmm. really powerful, outward facing, like changing the world kind of work. It still has to be from a place of being. It has to be from a place of it meaning something to our specific journey, our soul, you know? And so, so in this moment, it's like, I love you all. I'm glad you're here. And also like, this is something I just want to have a conversation with my sister, my soul sister. We just get to be. You know, I I always got caught up in that um, when I heard people say that, like, being is the new doing. And there's this whole movement, if you will, around being, um, Mm -hmm. depending on what spaces you operate in, there's a movement. But um, I, I didn't fully understand it. Like, I thought that meant I wrestled with it meaning... I'm not, I don't have to be active, right? Like there's nothing I need to do. But the being is, is the work. The being is the work. It is making sure that I'm clear, making sure that I have, um, I have centered myself, making sure that I am getting rid of any negative energy that I might be carrying, surrendering, letting go, releasing, having faith, like all of the being is the work. And it doesn't mean that you're inactive. It actually means that you're refocusing on something greater. Like it's not just that busy effort. It is very intentional, very intentional work that you're doing it's, it's inner work that you're doing to, to cleanse yourself and, and create a space where you can be a vessel where something comes through you and you're so clean that when it filters through you and comes out of you, that it is pure. It is pure. And that's being, you know, it's work though. Oh, oh gosh. Where do I even start? Where do I start source? <laughs> um, So yesterday I was telling you a little bit before we started recording, I was talking to my, another soul sister who's been on the podcast many times, Josette LeBlanc. Mm -hmm. And, um, we were just kind of like wrapping it out, which honestly, like the boxer. So we use boxer voice messaging app, um, as do Myra and I, and I feel like these boxer conversations could be podcast conversations. Like, Almost every time, all the time, all the time. (laughs) And so I was having this conversation with Josette and just full disclosure. Um, I, 
I got a settlement check from a car accident that I had several years ago. And it's, it's not like a giant chunk of money, but it's enough where I can breathe. So those of you who have been following my journey, like I've been surrendering fully, surrendering fully to source and the mission. And, um, that's meant like letting go of a very steady job, letting go of like a really steady, like consulting practice, um, because it was not fully aligned with, with what sources asked of me. And so this last year has been like really hard financially. It was, it's just been like, it's just been hard. Um, you know, those of you who have been listening know that I like applied for state assistance for the first time and it's just been really hard. And then I got the settlement check right at the 11th hour when, you know, I, I was starting to feel really worried about like my living situation and things like that. And anyway, so I got this, this check and I it was in a little bit of shock. Cause I was like, I can't believe that I can actually breathe again. Mm and exhale, like fully exhale. I've been holding my breath for so long. And my friend Josette mentioned that it's like running a marathon. Like I feel like you've run a marathon, you've trained for it. You know, you had your adrenaline going, you kind of stuffed things aside so that you could complete this mission. And then when you get to the finish line and you actually complete it, you know, you see people just drop to their knees and start sobbing. And it's like all of the emotions, all of the things, like all everything that's felt hard and joyful and everything, it just kind of rushes to you all at once. And I have full body goosebumps saying this. And, and what I like, where, where I went with that as I, cause I stopped talking with Josette and then I started journaling and, um, what source flowed to me is that this is the path to ease the path to ease and, and how I finished this journal entry. I was talking to the collective. I was talking to all of you as I was like writing this, it's like the path to ease. I'm not saying that it's easy. I'm saying that it's worth it. And, and what that has looked like for me is like really digging into my trauma. Like, in ways and i i have been in therapy for a decade so like dealing with my trauma is not something new dealing with it on a spiritual level and trusting source to help me to help me move through it and to help me glean the lessons and to help me get rid of the energies that are in my body and um i talked to josette a lot about this too i feel like josette why aren't you here gosh um we talk about like competing molecules. So we have this, these like competing energies in our bodies at all times. Many of them are based um, because of our trauma. Many of them are, you know, mm-hmm. we just, we hold our tension in our bodies a certain way because of fight or flight, because of the ways we were brought up. I was physically abused um, growing up. I, I was, I mean, I, I endured a lot of abuse and like those kinds of things, they stay in our energy body. They stay in our mm-hmm. emotional body, our physical body. Like, so that's like a very like concrete, those are competing molecules, but also just like the fear of just like living here. Like we live in a very tough place. Like we live in a, in a very deeply conditioned society to prioritize fear over love. Absolutely. Even though love is actually the root of most of our fears. Mm. Like if you really like think about the reasons why we we act on our fear. It's generally from a place of like love Mm -hmm. or wanting to get love or receive love Mm -hmm. or hold on to love or whatever. Um, And so when I think about like 
the path to ease. And, and I think about this last year and how, how hard it's been y'all. It's been so hard. And, and I can actually feel in my physical body where the competing molecules, the competing energies are gone Mm. because, because of like all of the ways that I have surrendered, all of the ways that I've moved through my trauma, all the ways that I've had the hard conversations with people that I care about, the ways that I've let go of people. Um, and, and those competing molecules, those competing energies that are basically really only keeping us from being our most aligned selves, being at the vibration yes. that source would require of us in order to do the work that we're meant to do here, which really just looks like being like, yes. if you think about all that's needed to like all of the things that we need to clear out energetically in our body, in our energy body, in order to just be be what source needs us to be like, it's just wild. And, and that journey is hard. It's, it's, it's been a really hard year. It's really hard to surrender. It's hard to move through the trauma. And yet ease is on the other side of that. Right. Mm. Alignment. I love that. I I just, (laughs) that's the end of my monologue. Thank you for it. It was so much you brought up. Okay. So I'm going to talk about the um, competing energy, but I also, I just wanted to like, add or supplement a few things that you said that I don't know a lot about, but I've read that um, when our bodies experience trauma, our cells actually reform. Like they, they do something in our body to protect us and your, your whole body, like there's this book, your body keeps score. Your body actually realigns to protect you and it becomes something else. Like, so there's this thought and I'm sure we can explore it and and there's so much to unpack there, but it's the idea that your body keeps score of all of this trauma and it can be passed on through generation. Like you think about those generational things that we're working to break. I'm breaking trauma that my mom experienced and that my mom's mom experienced because I was in my grandmother's womb, if you think about it, because my mom was, you know, so it's just, it's deep. So that was one thing that came to mind. Um, uh, There was something else. I'm not remembering it now. So I'm going to talk about the competing energy. When you said that, it reminded me of just today, I was listening to a podcast or something and I, and I can't source it right now, but we might add it in the notes if I can think about it. There was this idea that when you're in fight or flight mode, when your amygdala releases this cortisol energy, let's let's just parallel to that same scenario we're talking about. This energy, it cannot, it competes directly with any other energy that could be coming from your brain. Like that cortisol was pumping through and nothing else, the logic, the ration, the, the sound judgment, sound decision, none of that can operate because you've got this fight or flight, this energy is being pumped through your brain and everything else shuts down. So it's like you can't even think rationally when you've got this trauma or this other energy that's feeding your brain. And so it's it's dueling and and, and your brain can't it can't even function like, you know, like you're not even able to think rationally because you've got this other energy pumping through. Yeah. (laughs) And what 
I have experienced and this, so this is from my own like releasing of these competing energies, these competing molecules in my body that basically all that really means is like when something happens, um, if it, if it in any way activates like any part of like my trauma or trauma that's happened, um, with my, my lineage, my ancestry, or, or even like on a soul level, if there's anything that's activated, um, then it, then this, this like goodness that's actually here is, is then fighting for like relevance in our experience. Like it's, it's Mm. like, for instance, like, um, gosh, what's a, what's like somebody, I don't know, like I, I get hit on or something in a bar mm-hmm. or something, which I know I mean, that's not the best. Yes, these are real life <laughs> examples you're giving Leilani. I get it. Yes. But, it, but it's like, um, I mean, I'll just say, okay, whatever. I'm just going to go there because I'm like, I'm on that's the dating not- apps. Y'all I'm on the dating apps. Go there. And I had, um, you know, somebody like really handsome mm-hmm. guy, like, and I'm just like, okay, what's the catch? You know, like that, those are the competing molecules is like, our, mm-hmm. our tendency and, you know, he's like super sweet and just re- like, I'm like, how is this person like real? How is it? Is this a bot? You know, like we have yeah. these competing molecules that tell that tell me, you know, and, and again, that's kind of more of like a phantom fear because a lot of that is, is being cleared away, like the competing molecules, but there's still that like little bit of mm-hmm. like competition with like, actually you deserve good things. Like you deserve wow good things in your life. And just because up until this point, your trauma has shown you otherwise, the world has shown you otherwise, um, doesn't mean that you don't deserve good things and good people and connections and all of those things. Um, and so, yeah, maybe not the best example, but like there, there, what's been shown to me, um, and, and I can actually feel it in my body. It was a few months ago. And it was, again, after I had processed a lot of like my sexual trauma, the trauma in my body, um, I started to actually be able to feel the fight or flight in my body as it was mm-hmm. happening. So mm-hmm. my guides would call me towards stillness and I would be like, okay, like I'm feeling like I can, I can taste it in my mouth. Like I'm feeling like the, the vibration in the back of my skull. Like I can actually feel the fight or flight being activated. I can feel the adrenaline. And the cortisol, like, like going through my veins. And then over time, what they showed me is in similar situations, like I was like, oh my gosh, I don't feel it. Like, I don't feel the fight or flight. Like, it's not like, and this was months later. It's like, I'm like, I'm breathing and I'm calm. And, and something that would have triggered that fight or flight just months ago is not happening. So what they want us to know in this moment is that we actually are changing our chemistry. We're changing the chemistry of our bodies by choosing source, by choosing our divine mission, by choosing ourselves. So as we lean into our healing and healing is such an all encompassing word, and it can mean so many things for me, what it's meant is seriously just giving it all over and surrendering. Yeah. Like absolutely. Source told me, yeah, it's, it's about aligned action. It's about like seeing the fear and moving through it anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's Mm -hmm. what it's, what healing has looked like for me. And, and over time, like, as we continue to choose our divine path, like our brain chemistry is changing the ways that our bodies interact with our experiences changing. 
Um, and then, of course, there's always this like, uh, again, call them phantom fears. This is something that Josette and I talk about a lot is like these phantom fears where it's like you like in the past, it would have been like fight or flight. And it's like an emergency. And now it's like this little like dude, like this little uptick of like, can I trust this? Or yeah. like, what's, you know, but then it like passes and it's like, recognize it. it's like, it's like a phantom mm-hmm. limb. It's like, it's like, okay, that's interesting. Um, but it wasn't like this, this like thing that would make me be frozen in the past. Like, yeah, you know, there's this, it, it also brought to mind. So I remember the other thing I was thinking about, which could be a whole nother podcast, but at the basis of our fear is love because everything that we're doing, all the actions, living, light, everything is driven to this return to love. Like that's source. That's what we came from. We came from love, right? And so our whole life is centered around this return to love. And so at the basis, a lot of our decisions, life decisions, everything that we do at the core of it truly is we want to return to love. So yes, that mm-hmm. there, even with fear, you know, on top of that, that's just like the negativity, you know, corrupting this love. But at the basis of it, like our lives are centered around this return to love, because that's what we know. That's where, where we we came from. We were sourced and birthed from. So that was one idea. Um, the other is there's this book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And there's a concept in that book about our capacity for success, abundance, love, greatness, right? And when he talks about um, the big leap or what what he centers on is like the idea that we have to understand and recognize that we might limit our capacity for, for abundance. Let's just use the word abundance. But within that, I'm talking about love. I'm talking about success. I'm talking about greatness. I'm talking about all these things. So let's say abundance. And we do that out of conditioning, right? So like how many times have you had something going really, really well and then you immediately, you're like, oh shit, something bad is about to happen. Like, because it's going too well, like you almost self-sabotage because you wanna, it's it's almost a form of protecting yourself, ironically, but you self-sabotage because you're like, let me get to this destruction before it gets to me. And let me think about all the bad things that could happen before they happen because I'm protecting myself. But what you're actually doing is you are limiting your capacity for abundance. You have now set a cap to when I feel this good for this amount of time, this length of time, I know something bad is about to happen from some conditioning. So I've got to like, I've got to do something. I've I've now got to self-sabotage, you know, do something so that Mm -hmm. I am protected from potential harm. I am protected from potential whatever. And we have this unlimited capacity for abundance that we haven't even tapped into, Leilani. We haven't even fully explored it. It is abundant. It is limitless. And there is no reason why we can't experience joy, greatness, abundance consistently, continuously mm. without putting caps on it. The, the example that comes to mind. So I took a course, this is, oh gosh, at least, at least seven or eight years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was called that thought patterns for high performers. 
Mm-hmm. And, and basically the way that they described that, and we were, I mean, what I'm hearing you talk about is like limiting beliefs also. Exactly. Um, and so what the, the way, if you want to understand this a little bit more, it's like basically having your thermostat set mm-hmm. in your home and it's like, okay, the thermostat is set at 66 degrees or whatever. That's, you know, I, that's what mine is set at because I like it cold, but, um, <laughs> But if you have your thermostat set, it's like these limiting beliefs kind of keep you in that, like that comfort level. Mm. Like, so if you, if you like kind of unconsciously say like my bank account, I always want like $2,000 in there at at all times. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you go a little bit higher than that, you're like, oh, like I have excess, I can spend money. Mm -hmm. Or like, if I go lower, it's like, oh, I can, but it's like this, we are creatures of comfort. Yeah. We, We we want things to feel familiar Mm. and our limiting beliefs are a way for us to keep it in that, that range. Right. Well, what if I said like, okay, actually like I want my bank account to have $25,000 or $50,000 or more. Like, I know (laughs) me too. And it's like, (laughs) what, what could it look like for us to begin to shatter these, these limiting beliefs? And it's not as easy as it sounds. Um, but if we like what I'm, what I'm hearing come through right now is just some really practical ways to do that. So a lot of the ways that I empower earth angels and coach, even like executives and things, it's like, let's, let's look at your language. Like what language are you actually using to describe your experience? Yeah. Are you saying I'm supposed to, are you saying I have to, are you saying, hmm. um, like the, th- th- these are, this is what we call like disempowering language. Well, what yeah. if you change that to like, I get to, I'm excited yeah. to, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm excited to be a millionaire. I can't wait, mm-hmm. you know, like, or, or the fact that like a lot of, like, if you want to take it to like the next level, it's like, I am a millionaire. Yes. Right. And just like a thermostat. It's like, if you say I am a millionaire, let's let's say that's me setting my thermostat to like 75 degrees or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like your, your, your energy field is going to try to catch up to that. It's, it's like, if you say it in the present moment, like it already exists, like it creates this cognitive dissonance so that our energy begins to like follow. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not actually a millionaire. And then our brains start to look for patterns and ways that we can get there. It's so beautiful. it's it's fascinating. Like it's, it's so fascinating. And then yeah, the other thing when you were talking about fear being at the root of uh or I'm sorry that love is the root of everything. It made me think of when you were on the podcast before and you talked about people pleasing. Mm. And you were like, yeah, I thought people pleasing was a form of love or an mm-hmm. act of love. People pleasing is an act of fear. Yeah. And and so it's like and and I think about that a lot because I'm like when I was I, I am still a recovering people pleaser, but when I was like big time people pleaser, my act of love was like, I'm going to make everyone around me comfortable because I love them so much and I want to keep them comfortable. So I'm going to stay small. I'm going to sacrifice my truth and my light so that the people around me can feel safer and more loved. And, and what, and that, that was our rationale, right? Mm -hmm. So like, even, even when we are acting out of fear, because people pleasing is absolutely, uh, an act of fear, because what it really means is like, for me, at least is like, I don't want you to leave me. (laughs) Please Mm -hmm. don't leave me. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And that's where my people pleasing comes from. It's because it's like, if I, if I can please you, then you're going to want to stay with me. Yeah. Um, you're going to want to stay in my life. And, and I didn't really reckon with that until much later, but like, in my mind, it's like, I love these people. I want yeah. them to stay with me and I love them and I want to make them comfortable. So it's like, if we can just kind of understand that truly the default in this very wounded world that we are navigating this wounded collective that we are a part of the root of everything is love. Like even the people who act in the most fearful ways, like the most bigoted, like Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I truly believe this is hard to say, but it's like, it's, it feels true in my spirit. I truly believe that they think that they're performing from a place or like acting in a place of love Mm -hmm. and that they're, it's so hard to say. Like, I think that people are doing the best they can Mm -hmm. with what they, with what they've been conditioned with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's hard to accept when we want to stay, like, we want to just stay pissed at people. Like, I just want to hate people sometimes because it's like, you are such a gross human. Like, I just want to like be on my high horse And I want to judge the shit out of you. But at the end of the day, like, can we have compassion for, for people who are truly so blinded by their own fear that they can't see the ways that they have like forgotten their light? Yeah. Yeah. That, that is hard. It's, it's even hard to hear, um, just to think about some of the things, I mean, if you just turn on the news, there's going to be something happening that you're just like this human being, this is a horrible human being. Um, But I too agree that at, at the core, there's something that they felt was like protecting them. Like we're, we're always looking, you know, to really protect ourselves um, at just this core level of who we are, primitive level. And I, I, I try to exercise grace and understanding. It's hard. Um, And I also realize that I'm human too. And there are things that I could have never imagined I would do and I've done. Um, Some that I may never feel comfortable talking about. Like it might just be something that my truth wasn't, you know, on a public level. Um, And so I have grace on others because I have to have grace on myself. And, you know, I think that's, you know, too true about some of these human beings that, that we're seeing today. And just the, uh, what I would call just hatred, just so many other things that we're, we're seeing in society today. That's, that's an act of, of fear um, at the root of it. Like you said, is, someone thinking that, you know, that they had to do what they had to do maybe, or they were protecting themselves or they were doing the best that they could. Um, It's just so hard. It's so hard to accept it though. It's hard, especially to accept it like on a human level. Um, So this is a chapter that I just wrote um, in my second book. I'm working on my second book, working on my second book. And there's this chapter about like the levels of our existence. Like, so there's like the humanness. So on a human level, this is kind of like what 
the ways that we interact, um, what we're seeing and even like deeper, sometimes it's like our emotional body. It's, it's the emotions that we're not showing people, but it's very much like the feet on the earth. Like this is, this is our humanness. We have like our consciousness, which is, um, the way that it's been channeled to me is that our consciousness is specific to this life, this dimension. So we have like multiple potential for multiple consciousnesses at once because we could be like navigating different lives and different dimensions and things like that. And then we have like our higher self and there's, I think there's some layers in between, but these are the ones that have become really clear to me. We have our higher self, which is like our soul. This is like the one most omniscient part of ourselves that like witness it all have seen it all. Um, are existing in multiple places at once, but we just have the one um, higher self. And so when I think about us on like a human, on the humanness, the humanness level, Mm -hmm. um, we see a bunch of like children, basically, Mm -hmm. like we are just like running around, um, just emoting all over the place. Like, and, and even if we're not showing our emotions as humans here, like we are completely driven by our emotions. Oh yeah. So, so regardless of how they're showing up or we're expressing them, our actions are always driven by our emotions. So we see ourselves like just again, kind of like children, but like yeah. less expressive, right? Like our mm-hmm. actions are just like, we're, we're just being kind of just disgusting sometimes, like, especially yeah. as, like the stuff that we see on the news and stuff. Right. Um, and, and then we have like these other layers of ourselves that are trying to like, just trying to make contact. Mm-hmm. Like our consciousness is much more aware than our humanness. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, and our higher self, of course, is like our ultimate, like our ultimate truth. Yeah. And I guess the reason why this is coming up is because like, that's basically what I've been working on all year is like, how can I continue to like honor my humanness? Because it's not, mm-hmm. it's not to say like my humanness doesn't matter or, or that it's like, well, you're just a child. You don't know any better. It's like, no, like we've incarnated here and our humanness has a place. Like the, the consciousness of our humanness is like, it's important. And I yeah. need to like reckon with the emotions, like the fear, the anger, like a lot of these like emotions that aren't necessarily divine, they're deeply based in our human experience. Like we have to reckon with it in order for us to begin to merge with the other parts of ourselves that like know better our consciousness, our higher self. Do they, do they exist at the same time, like these different levels or are you exhibiting one and then you might, you know, go into another, like, they're all existing at the same time. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So what, what I have been working on is, so when I first started having awareness of them, it was really fragmented. And I just, Mm -hmm. the picture that they always show me, the vision that they always show me is like, if you think of, do you remember Alanis Morissette, the um, ironic where it was like different versions of her in the car? So it's it's like that. So it's like my higher self. I mean, not uh, always like my higher self hopefully is driving yes. and then like my consciousness is in the front seat is like mama okay. bear. And then like, I'm the, the humanness is the child, like throwing a fit in the uh, back seat, like emoting and like trying to grab at the wheel. Cause I want to go to the Ferris wheel, you know, like this is so good. Like, <laughs> this is what I wrote about. I love um, it. And, and so it's like, we're fragmented. And that serves a purpose, I believe, yeah. for a lot of people for a long time. For me, um, 
it was like this yearning. And this is kind of what I mean by coming home to yourself. And I just got goosebumps. It's like, how do we begin to merge all of these parts of ourselves? So we're like thinking with one mind, speaking with one voice, like it doesn't mean like my humanness. And I, and I have gotten to a place where like very often they're all merged together. And like, we are experiencing the same things at at times. Yeah. That's alignment. And like literally just this morning, my humanness had a freak out. Like it was just Mm -hmm. like pissed, like had to process some rage and she became fragmented so she could be seen Mm -hmm. like, so that my higher self and my consciousness could witness her and allow her to freak out and be like, I get it. I get it. They always call me sweet girl. I get it. Sweet girl. Like I get it. Like I understand it makes sense that you're angry. Mm -hmm. And then she calms down. And then what inevitably happens is she becomes like this child that like goes into the womb of the consciousness and higher self merged. So like, and then she's like comforted again, but every now and then she has to come out and have a freak out. And, but like, she gets to come back, you know? So I think in this moment, what I'm hearing is it's a lesson in um, this journey, not being like ever finished. Like we are constantly in a place where like our higher self consciousness and and my higher self and consciousness, I feel like are pretty much merged at this point, but like where my humanness has to be human. (laughs) Like I I'm not the Dalai Lama. And I believe that the Dalai Lama also had moments of humanness. Like, you know, it's, and that's how we can relate. Like the work that you do have to be able to relate to human beings. Right. Right. And I just love that visual you just gave me. It's so potent. Like, I'm never going to forget it. But it's, you know, them all riding in the car. And maybe, maybe sometimes, I don't know, go with me here. Maybe sometimes the higher self gets out of the driver's seat mm-hmm. and consciousness is driving. Or maybe even that tantrum, you know, the baby having the tantrum in the oh, back. Oh, my gosh. So many parts of seat. So many. I, I think of, like, with my humanness in the driver's seat, I think of, like, I was 20, how old was I? 23 years old dating a guy that was just like kind of the worst. Mm -hmm. And I got like blacked out drunk once. This is like, we're getting real now. I got blacked out drunk and I just like, I think I spent an entire hour just screaming at him. Mm -hmm. Like just so, and he was, he was not the greatest, but he was good in the, in the sense of like, he let me get it out. Like he like, Mm -hmm. let me have my emotions and all of that. But like that, like my humanness was fully in the driver's seat. Like I, you know, like punching pillows, just like, you know, and, and I do believe that there is a purpose. There's a purpose for all of it, but I do believe that there is, um, and I, I have good friends now who are, who are making choices that, I I, like personally, I'm like, they're so out of alignment and out of their integrity that I'm just like, I it's like, I get it because I know that you're operating from a space of fear, but also like they have some purpose in allowing their humanness to drive in those moments. Like their humanness wants to just like be a little reckless. Yeah. And, and I truly believe that at the end of the day, like there's it's all with purpose and, and we get to make choices like the, this Mm -hmm. entire, this entire existence is about making choices. And it's like, okay, how many of these like choices where I'm just like prioritizing pleasure over like other people and all of that. It's like, how many of these choices am I going to make before I say like, I don't actually recognize myself anymore. 
and I want to, and I want to return home. Right. I want to return home to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you reminded me of something else that I think her name is Corinne Weiss or Weiss. She was on an Oprah soul to soul. It was like an old episode that I just happened to run across. Um, and she was talking about when we betray ourselves, like that moment when we're not being our best selves. And so I would imagine this would be when we're not being our higher self if we stick with that same example. Um, and a, just a simple question I think Oprah asked was like, well, how do you know when you're not being your highest self? And she said, it's when you betray yourself. It's when you betray who you know who you are. And that comes from your gut. Like, you know, this return, the return to love is that the, the pat, like no one has to show you how to get there. Right. Because we know, we know where it is. Our spirit, our soul yearns for it. And, and it, it is, it knows the way, right? Sometimes our humanness gets in the way um, and it might take us on a detour. Um, it might get us off path. It might, whatever. Um, but our highest self, it knows the way. And being true to yourself, not betraying yourself is that key to to staying, I guess, at that level of where you're really exhibiting your highest self. But everything else, any any betrayal to who you know you are at your core, um, I think is what what gets us off track. So what I'm hearing, like, so what is a betrayal? Like, what does that actually look like? Uh, what what came to me for me personally, this is my personal understanding and it's very simple. It's when I'm not being who I said I want to be. Mm. I am betraying myself when I'm not being who I said I want to be or who I say I am. I'm, when I'm not being who I say I am, that's betrayal. And betrayal is not like not compromising or not, you know, modifying, sometimes we have to modify behavior, you know, for certain circumstances and things like that. Like, I'm not saying that if you're in a relationship, sometimes you, you know, quote unquote, compromise um, as you grow in a relationship or things like that. But it's different when you're ultimately not showing up as who you know you are. That that is betrayal. That's betrayal to you and to yourself when you're not honoring yourself, when you're not keeping promises to yourself, when, mm. when you let people pleasing uh, take over and you're doing things for other people and for the satisfaction and pleasure of others mm-hmm. and you're denying your own wants, needs, desires. Right. And you know, you're doing it like you feel it in your gut. Like we know, like we feel that thing in our gut. It's when you ignore it. That's betrayal. When you ignore the knowing that this isn't who I am. This isn't true to me. This doesn't feel right. Like, again, going back to the emotion, like our emotional guide is powerful if we listen to it. This doesn't feel right in my spirit. Or you get that 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 nudge or, you know, 
something doesn't set right with you, um, that emotional guide is is telling you, okay, this isn't right. I'm 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 not honoring who I am. And we know we we sometimes ignore it, but I, but I think we've got the tools and resources that remind us and let us know when we're getting off off path and when we're not honoring our highest self. And then again, it's just a return back to that. Like we, like you said, it's choices. Like we get to make choices to get us back there. And and I want people to give themselves grace and not, this isn't to beat yourself up if you feel like you're off track or if you betrayed yourself or whatever. I've been there. Like I'm, I'm talking from life university, things I've lived and you give yourself grace, but then you just make another choice. Like you get to make another choice. The awareness of it, I think is important. And then you make another choice to get you back into this alignment space, get you back to honoring your highest self. And and it's it can be that easy. It makes me think of one of my favorite quotes from one of my favorite movie quotes. It's from um, the movie Vanilla Sky. And she, it's Penelope Cruz. Her character says, every passing moment is another chance to turn it all around. Mm. It's all about choice. It's about That's choices. Good. and. And I think that we get into this like really dark place as humans of like, I thought I knew who I was, but maybe this is who I am. Like maybe mm-hmm. I'm just this person. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just selfish. Maybe I'm um, just inconsiderate. Maybe I don't care, um, you know, and um, it all, again, it all comes down to, are you brave enough and willing enough to quiet your spirit and actually hear like, because it requires stillness for you to actually know who you are to like on, on a soul level. Cause that's what I hear you saying is like, you know, it's that, it's that soul knowing it's that mm. inner, it's that inner knowing. So can you quiet yourself and become still enough to actually remember who you are mm. and see the disconnect in the choices that you're making? And maybe the the ways that your choices have turned out, like your marriage, your job, your like, whatever, like, can you see the places where, where you aren't living up to the promises that you made to your soul when you came here, when you chose to come here and are you willing to set, to set it straight? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we're not our choices, right? No, we are not our choices. And um, make a choice to, I can't think of a great example, but I can be acting out of integrity. That doesn't mean I don't have integrity, you know, mm. um, there, there's, I did that's sorry. I did. Yeah. Brene Brown talks about the difference between guilt and shame. It's yeah. I did guilt as I did something bad. Shame as I am bad. I'm bad. There it is. There it is. Thank you for that. Cause I knew it came from Brene Brown, but I couldn't think of the example. And that's exactly the example I needed. Um, the difference between guilt and shame. That's perfect. And it's disconnecting yourself from, you know, things you may have done first, forgiving yourself. It's just, it's priceless. And, and it's hard for people to do um, because we carry this deep guilt and shame. Um, And, you know, after you forgive yourself, it's releasing yourself from this attachment to an identity that because I behaved or acted in this way, I am now this person. And that's the the shame, right? That you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, 
is disconnecting from that because you're not, Mm -hmm. you're human. You may have been acting out in your humanness, but that's not who you are. At the core of who you are, that's not who you are. And you can disconnect from that. And I think the work of this negative, the, the, the enemy, I, I will quote, or, you know, there's probably another term that, that we could use, but I would say the work of the enemy or the, a, a negative force is to continue to make you think or remind you of those things you've done to make you think that's who you are. And then you re-identify with this thing and you almost can't even get out of your head to be the person that you know you are. And it's work, you know, getting out of that space. It's work to know that you're better than that. It's work to return back right to this to this place of love where I am not my actions. I may have done this, but that doesn't define who I am. It's work and it's being. It's like it's both. Mm-hmm. Because the being is the stillness. It's the remembrance. Mm-hmm. It's the knowing how deeply loved we are, knowing that we are love, that we get to return to love at any time. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's that. And the work is that recognizing the, the cognitive dissonance, recognizing the gap between who I know I am and who I'm showing up as today. Right. The work is, am I like, there's the gap, right? Mm -hmm. For many of us, most of us, there's that gap between who I know I am and how I'm showing up, how I'm choosing, what are the choices I'm making, how I'm choosing to show up. That gap is the work. It's the work. And it's not going to feel like doing, it's going to feel hard. It's going to feel grimy. It's going to be hard conversations. It's going to be making decisions. It's going to be letting go of things that have brought comfort, like a really stable job or like a very stable, like a marriage that actually isn't for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's going to feel hard. And again, this is the path to ease really at the end of the day, when bring it all back, bring it all back, full circle, y'all. Um, the path to ease is the same as this path to alignment of aligning who we know we are in our spirit and allowing our choices to begin to align with that Mm -hmm. regardless Mm -hmm. of how difficult it's going to be. Like it might be about letting go of friends that aren't aligned anymore. It might be letting go of relationships. There's a lot of letting go, but there's also like a receiving that happens Yeah, because you're also receiving the experiences, the abundance, you're receiving like the wealthy, I call them wealthy connections because it's like people who will like fill me up, people who mm. like bring me energy, um, people who remind me of who I am and hold me accountable to that. Not not in like a judgmental way, but just like, hey, didn't you say that this matters to you? Mm-hmm. Like reflecting back the parts of myself that I forget at times when I'm not making those aligned choices. Yeah. Um, so it's not just about letting go. It's also about receiving the life that you say that you crave. I love yeah. that. That, that, that path to ease, um, for me is allowing myself to experience limitless abundance because I'm not triggering that fight or flight mode when something reminds me of past trauma or might potentially trigger 
a need for me to feel like I need to protect myself. I can experience limitless abundance without those feelings that then block when we talked about the competing energy, it then blocks my ability to um, show up as my highest self. It blocks my ability to think rationally and, um, you know, really operate at this higher level. So my, my path to ease is being able to really, really experience limitless abundance more consistently um, without, you know, allowing all of those other things to take up the space in my, in my mind, in my head. Mm, well, I, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful yeah. that we ended up turning this podcast conversation turned one-on-one conversation turned podcast conversation. Uh, <laughs> I'm really glad that we did this. Me too. I, uh, gosh, um, yeah, we'll have in the show notes all the ways to reach you, but um, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that. Check out the show notes. She's been here before, yeah. um, but also um, give us your bumper sticker. What's your bumper sticker today? Oh, mm. I want it to be limitless. Limitless. Mm. Yeah, that's it. I love it. I love how that feels. I love how that feels. How, how does it feel to be limitless? What does that look like for you? <sighs> it is, oh, it's that deep exhale I just took. It's, it's mm. a, it's a letting go, releasing. I'm not heavy. I am light because I'm not carrying anything. Um, the things that I think in my mind that I can do and have and be, I am, I have. I experience um, it's me consistently being who I say I am. Mm. And being gentle with ourselves when we're not right. Mm-hmm. Or when, when we stumble, which is inevitable because we're human. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. That's limitless, limitless grace and forgiveness for myself. Absolutely. Mm. Oh, I'm trying now. I'm like, what's my bumper sticker? Is your bumper sticker? <laughs> I never get to do this. I never get to do this. Um, oh, my bumper sticker. I'm just hearing breathe. Mm. Just breathe. Just breathe. Because when we think about like what's actually required in order for us to move through these moments where our competing energies, competing molecules are really. Mm-hmm. Um, bumping up against who we say we are and who mm-hmm. we want to be, who we, who we said we would be when we came here. Breath is the key. Mm-hmm. So many times it's been like, okay, let me connect with my body. And it's such a gift, especially as like a survivor of trauma. It's such a gift to actually feel into my body in ways that I never have before. Yeah. And to feel the fight or flight as hard as it can feel at times, because it means that I'm like, I'm, I'm experiencing my humanness in a way that I was meant to, like, we're meant to feel our bodies and breath is the key. Breath is the key to move through. I mean, honestly, it's just like running a marathon. It's like breath is what gets you through it. 
Yeah. Right? Well, like, it. like you seriously. bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It's like, if we think about how challenging the path to ease can be. Yeah. Um, and again, it's like, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it'll be worth it. It's like, what has gotten me through those challenging parts of this really like this tough path is breath. It's breath and returning to stillness Mm. because that's where, that's where our light, that's where our light is. That's where we rediscover who we are when Mm. we're in those places where we're questioning. Mm. So breathe, breathe y'all. That's how we got life. Mm, I love you. I love you too. I love your purple hair. It is Oh, thank you. Thank you. I know. And I've been like sitting here trying to dodge the sun. I'm like, it's it's not. Let it it shine on you. Let it come. Let it be. That was such a pretty picture. I know you all, the podcast can't see what I see, but she, Leilani looked to the side and then the sun was just shining on her face. Thank you so much, sis. I love you. Love you back. This was fun. Thanks. We'll talk. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Mm, friends, thank you so much for being here for this conversation with my good friend Myra. And I just completely continue to be amazed at the ways that source the universe, God flows through me and the guests that I bring on the show to bring this perspective, this wisdom forward. I'm so, so grateful. I think what's sticking with me in this moment is just that divine truth that love is the root of all things and that it really requires courage for us to make choices that prioritize that divine love in all that we do. And how can we begin to make choices around the ways that we interact with our fears and the ways that fear can sometimes serve as a blockage or even on a minor level, like a distraction toward us really working toward allowing love to be at the center of what we do and returning to divine love in our experience in our existence. So I, I loved this conversation. I'm super curious how it landed for you. So do feel free to reach out. If you'd like to connect with Myra, you can find all of her information in the show notes. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find my information there as well. And just a reminder, I have the last free workshop of 2022 happening next Thursday, December 1st. So please go to the show notes, click on that link to sign up for the free Earth Angel workshop. It's going to be an opportunity for us to all hold space for one another as earth angels. I mean, let's be real. It is tough to be here. It's a tough time to be an earth angel in this world. So really focused time for us to be together, to connect more deeply with our intuition, to ask questions and to generally just not feel like you're having to do this alone. So you can find that link in the show notes to sign up. And I would absolutely love to connect with you and to meet you. But for now, be still, my friends, and live into your impact. I'm so, so grateful you're here, and we'll talk with you soon.